0: This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. All righty, welcome into the show, ladies and gentlemen. You know what it is, the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, here as always. Appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to the program. We've got the Cubbies and the White Sox. And both of their games to look forward to this evening. We'll start with the Cubs, progress into the Southsiders, and then I want to throw out one other baseball game that was really drawing some interest, and I wanted to pose a couple of options that I think could be a viable bet. Now, I just want to speak through it a little bit, maybe it'll help me decide what I ultimately want to do, but I also want to pose it to you listening to see if you think one side may be better than the other. Further along in the second part of this edition... You know we got hockey to talk about. Our Hurricanes screwed us. We're not happy about it. Uh, We move on, right? You got to put it in the past. It's been tough. The second round was really just tough all around, losing the Flames and the Hurricane Series bet. But there may be a good angle for both of these series that you might want to wager on with the Oilers and the Avalanche first game beginning tonight. And then we have the Rangers and the Lightning to look forward to beginning manana. But let's go ahead and begin this show, Talking Baseball. Let's begin with the Cubbies and the Brewers. The Cubs obviously did not have the most success against Milwaukee yesterday. Man, that Brewers' bullpen is absolutely lethal. And they continue to be, and that's been their mantra for the past several seasons as of this point. I was just going to go into kind of a soliloquy about them offensively, but it doesn't matter because we're focusing in on tonight. And their inability to win a World Series, that is neither here nor there because they can hit just a couple Couple of runs in, and uh, that'll suffice over the Cubbies. But again, nevertheless, the Cubbies fall victim in the doubleheader, both seven to six after blowing a four to two lead, and then they lose three to one. I think Victor Caratini had the go ahead home run. Yeah, that's classic. Like we always say, former Chicago sports athlete coming through, being the reason the Cubs, Bulls, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bears, anybody loses a game because a former player just starts performing well. That's just how it goes. So the Cubbies now on a three-game losing streak. The Brewers, conversely, on a three-game winning streak. They beat the Cardinals 8-0 and then those two games against the Cubs. What about tonight? Can the Cubbies finally scratch one out, claw one out from the depths of the losing against this Milwaukee team? Well, the odds opened up with Milwaukee at Bet Rivers as high as a minus 147 favorite. The Cubbies opened as a plus 125 dog and the total opened at nine. Scrolling over to BetRivers.com, the current odds posted for this Milwaukee Brewers-Chicago Cubs game currently has the Cubbies is now plus 114, so maybe a little bit of life for the Cubbies tonight. As for the Brewers, they're laying minus a buck 32, and total has ticked up a little bit from 9 to now 9.5, with still some juice shaded to the over, minus 113, the under, minus 106. The wind is going to be blown out once again, warmer day here in the Windy City, 14 miles per hour as of this moment towards center field, so keep that in mind, that's why the total is rising a little bit, but what about these pitchers? Very intriguing pitching matchup from the sense of, what the hell are you going to get out of the Cubs, because Justin Steele's out there, and the lefty this year, it's it's kind of hard to describe him, but you know... Going into this, I didn't really trust Justin Steele, and it's not that I was going out there ragging on the dude, but if anything, it was more I was going to fade him than trust him, but he did start off fairly well, I mean, his first start this season was against the Brewers, they won that game 9-1, to one, did the Cubs, he went just 3, po- or excuse me, no, he went 5.0 innings pitch, 4 hits, no earned runs, Cubs won 9-0, but then he faced Milwaukee again in Milwaukee, and they lost 9-1. to I mean, he only went three innings pitched in that game, allowed seven hits, four runs, two of them earned, and racked up just 4Ks. So the Brewers got revenge and won 9-1. to What can they do out of him today? Well, Steele is coming off one of his worst outings, which is, of course, his most recent start, where he gave up seven earned runs on the road at the Great American Ballpark against the Reds. Yes, that's a hitter's ballpark, but still inexcusable. You don't want to see your pitcher giving up seven earned runs. Do the Brewers have his number? Can they come alive once again and win three consecutive games against the Cubbies? Well, the further stats for Steele have him with a 1-5 in record, 5.40 5.40 ERA, but his FIP is very promising, folks. It's at 3.22 in comparison to his ERA. His Sierra, not bad, not bad, 4.05. It's not like that number is completely alarming, but it's not like you want to go out of your way to bet this guy, but it's showing that you can get a win out of him at any given point, it seems. Now, his whip is high, 1.60, and at Wrigley, he does pose a FIP of 3.59. The Brewers, luckily, for Justin Steele, despite his second start against them, have been bad against lefties. Their 29th in batting average, 210 is their number, uh, 244 BABIP, 646 OPS, 290 WOBA, and an 84 weighted runs created plus, yikes. And even more so, on the road, they have struggled against Southpaws, posing an average of 195, OPS of 599, 236 BABIP, 272 WOBA, 73 WRC plus all of those numbers considerably lower than their overall outlook against lefties. Furthermore, they are worse against lefties on the road. It's a little bit of a different dynamic, though, playing at Wrigley and especially with the wind blowing out. So I don't know how much you can take that into account, nor do I know how much you could take it into account against a guy like Steele, who they have already faced twice in the most recent time they had his number. So it's tough. It's tough to get a good gauge on who you can really rely on. Now for Milwaukee, they are also thrown out a lefty, that being Eric Lauer. Lauer's stats are a little bit different than Justin Steele. Instead of being 1-5, he is 5-1. And And instead of a 5.4 ERA, he's got a 2.31 ERA, a 3.57 FIP. He's getting 10.61 Ks per 9 innings, 3.07 Sierra, and a 1.01 WHIP. So you would look at that and go, well, why is the market moving against Lauer if he's been so solid? Well, he's been tremendous at home with a 2.79 fit, but he has been a little unstable on the road, I guess you could say. he's got a 4.15 ERA on the road. Now against the Cubs, he went seven innings pitched, allowed five hits, just one earned runs and 11 strikeouts. The Brewers did win that game 9-1. I want to look up his strikeouts prop really quick. I forgot that he had had that many. Uh, Let's see here. Are they giving us the props just yet? Well, it doesn't look like it. But that'll be interesting to see where the numbers posted at. Yeah, they don't have it up right now. So we'll see. But Bet Rivers will get it up at some point. Uh, But like we said, look, you know, the market's moving toward the Cubbies. Well, how do they do offensively in this spot against lefties? Well, really, they've been okay. Middle of the pack. Versus lefties, they have a 242 average, which is literally right in the middle, 15th. 716 OPS, 294 BABIP, 316 Wobo, which is solid, and a 101 weighted runs created plus. So again, not bad numbers from the Cubs. It's something that you could be like, yeah, I think they could thrive against lefties. Not maybe every single day, but if you wanted to bet them against Southpaws every once in a while, yeah, the numbers are showing you're able to. At home against lefties, for whatever reason, they've been a lot worse. 225 average, 673 OPS, 281 BABIP, 299 WOBA, and 89 WRC+, plus. all considerably lower than just their overall numbers against lefties. Now, a lot of times you may just want to look at the raw numbers of just against lefties or against righties and not home and road splits. I like to do it too just to see if there's any big differences and... The fact that the Cubs kind of have a bigger difference at home makes you scratch your head a little bit because Wrigley, you know, typically benefits the hitters, especially if the wind is blowing out. So it's it's a little peculiar for sure. Overall, what I'm getting to here is I don't know what to trust. I mean, the Brewers have been abysmal against lefties, yet they had Steele's number, but Steele did have one good outing against them. They just lost a doubleheader yesterday. You almost have the feeling like they're due, but do you have that feeling? It's the Cubs. Lauer, Lauer's been great. We know this. But could he be due for a slight regression, at least enough, to give the Cubbies maybe a couple of runs through those first five innings? Total going over nine. Again, it's like these teams have not been lighting it up in the stat sheet offensively in this specific situation. I get why it would move up to nine and a half. I just don't know if that's something I'd want to be involved in. Because you have to go through the Brewers' bullpen, which, hey, maybe they're going to give a lot of those guys some rest, like Hayter. Sure, maybe that gives the Cubs more advantage as well. So that could be a reason to trust Chicago here. And with the total rising, you know, in the market moving toward the Cubs, that's telling you because there's a chance of more runs, the underdog has the likelihood to get a lot of those runs. And it's, you know, more of an opportunity to take the plus money versus laying the steeper price in a game that could feature a lot of runs that could be kind of all over the place. So that's the correlation, so to speak, with the Cubbies and the total. And look, honestly, if he came up to me and he told me you're betting either side, I think he can make a case. You can make a case for either squad, right? The Brewers are the better team. They have the better pitching, but their pen is kind of taxed right now. The Cubbies are the Cubbies. You know what you're getting out of Chicago. But it is against a familiar foe in Milwaukee at home where they did do well to begin the year. I get it's a lot different now, but you it know, wouldn't shock anybody to see them come through. But again, market's moving toward the Cubs. Totals moving toward the over. I will opt out of this one. Let me know if you're playing anything at Danny Burke Five. Maybe I'll wait till we get an Eric Lauer strikeout prop, and then we can consider something with him. Let me see. Actually, um, oh yeah, he okay. I was going to say how many strikeouts. So he had 11 strikeouts. That's right against the Cubs. So man, uh, maybe that number is posted at like five and a half or something. Probably even higher. We'll see. I will give you a play for this game, though. And Chicago White Sox fans, you know, plug your ears. I'm sorry I'm fading your group. And no, it's not Dallas Keuchel Day. Oh, they finally got rid of Keuchel. They sent them down a betters nightmare. It was too good to be true, right? All good things must come to an end and the fading Dallas Keuchel train is on hiatus for the time being. But we got to fill other ways uh to bet against the White Sox, I suppose. And I'm not saying they're an automatic fade team. I want them to have success cuz we have our division bet, but if we can capitalize off of their woes, why not do it and seize that opportunity? And I think one of them is tonight. They're in the or on the road, excuse me, at Toronto. The Blue Jays open minus 160. The White Sox plus 135. Want to guess where it's at now? I'll give you a couple seconds. Giolito versus Gossman. Keep that in mind. Blue Jays on a five-game winning streak. Sox just split two with the Cubbies. All right. The Blue Jays, again, open minus 160. The White Sox open plus 135. By the way, the total opened at 7.5. The Blue Jays are now at Bat-River's. Up to minus 175, a 15 cent move, and it's still not even noon by the time I'm recording this. A 15 cent move to, uh, toward the home team. The White Sox now plus 148. Total still at 7.5, slight juice to the over, minus 114, unders minus 104. You want to take the run in the hook with the White Sox, you are laying -155. If you want to lay the run line with the Blue Jays, +125 are your odds. Giolito this season, 3 and 1, 2.63 ERA, 3.69 FIP, 17.6% home run to fly ball ratio. That number started out very alarming at the beginning of the year and it really just has not decreased. I mean, maybe it was at, like, what, 20% at some point? But still, league average is 10%. That's it's kind of unprecedented, it seems, from Giolito these past couple of years. He's got a whip of 1.27 and a Sierra of 2.99. So, overall, the numbers are fairly solid aside from that kind of outlier of the home run-to-fly ball ratio. But Giolito, he's had quality starts, but his team hasn't necessarily been able to back him up. What about Kevin Gossman, though? This guy... Has been great, right? But he's also struggled from his team, not necessarily having his back. I mean, but look at these numbers. He's four and three with a two point two five ERA, one point three two FIP, one point nine percent home run to fly ball ratio. My goodness, he's got a one point oh four WHIP and a Sierra of two point five three. Furthermore, the dude's got a 1.48 fit at home this season. I mean, know his overall fit's better, but he's just been great at home, so to speak, just throwing it out there. His BABIP is what makes you go, what the hell's happening? His BABIP is 344, and if you looked at that solely, you'd be like, nah, his numbers probably ain't that great. But it's telling you that the hitters are getting a little bit lucky, slash, and or, uh, and slash, or I guess rather, that um, his infield isn't helping him. His defenders ain't helping his case. Like we said, that's why he's 4-3 and three with these stellar numbers. He's getting 10.5 Ks per nine innings. Another pitcher who is racking up the strikeouts. So, wh- again, what is this telling you? It's telling you that, yeah, he's 4-3 and, and his team may not be helping him, but he has been doing his job, and if there's a guy who can do his job and get the win, it would be against this White Sox team, and that pitcher being Kevin Gossman. Batting splits. Toronto, how do they hit against righties? Well, overall, they're not the best, but they're 234 average is what it's listed, 690 OPS, 273 BABIP, 306 WOBA, 98 WRC+. So, again, not anything that's blown you away, but not anything that would deter you from backing them in specific spots, okay? The White Sox first righties, you know where this is going, no bueno, 228 average, which is 24th, 621 OPS, which is 28th, 265 Babbitt, which is 27th, 277 Woba, 28th, 82 WRC+, which is 28th for the White Sox. Oh, and to add to that, no Tim Anderson, your leader, your dominant, consistent hitter. He is out for this game in a tough road spot against the Blue Jays, against one of the top pitchers in the American League and in baseball. And yes, he got Giolito, so I would get why you'd see this and go, man, they're giving me that much money. To take for the price of the White Sox, how do I not consider it? Well, we talk about the correlation. The market is moving toward Toronto, short total. That means there's probably not going to be a lot of runs, but the team that's going to capitalize enough to win is going to be the Blue Jays. I did not lay minus 175 at Bet Rivers. I shopped around, and I got minus 164 for Toronto tonight. Steep price, understood, get it. If you want the run line plus 125, but again, it's a shorter total, so maybe not, you know... Maybe not the potential to have as big of a gap between the winning and losing team. So that kind of, you know, hits down my confidence on the run line a tad bit. I'm not saying you shouldn't bet the run line if you want it, you know, godspeed, go for it. But again, I'm someone who's comfortable laying a price if I have enough conviction, and I do with the Blue Jays tonight. I don't trust this White Sox team, but it's been it's been tricky betting anyone aside from Keichel. So take that as you will. But I'm going with the Blue Jays on the money line tonight, minus 164. Other MLB game that I wanted to discuss. So, all right, I I guess I was kind of deciding how to frame this, but let's just get into it. So uh, the Rockies opened up, they're hosting the Marlins. The Rockies opened up minus 120. The Marlins opened up even money. Total opened at 10.5, naturally going to be double digits at Coors Field. The wind is blowing in, though, from center field, 7 miles per hour, and it's actually going to be a colder day or night in the 50s. So uh, the total was not moving in direction of the over, despite this pitching matchup, which would lead you to believe there could be a lot of runs. Instead, it has stayed stagnant at 10.5 with slight juice to the under, minus 110, overs minus 108. If you look at Bet Rivers right now, the Rockies are up to minus 129, and the Marlins go to plus 110. Minus one and a half on the run line with the Rockies, plus 140. Taking a run in the hook with the Marlins is minus 175. The Rockies beat the Marlins last night, seven to one. Herman Marquez, yes, the pitcher for the Rockies, all star last season, terrible this year so far, but can he finally get a bounce back performance? And eh, maybe some of the numbers are telling you he can. One and five, well, that one's not telling you that, neither is his ERA at 6.30. Or his FIP at 4.54, but his Sierra, again, somewhat respectable enough, 4.04. Look, he doesn't benefit from pitching at Coors. He's got a 5.06 FIP at home this season. But against Miami in his career, he's 3-3 with a 4.11 ERA in six career starts. And um, in the past three starts, they've all been wins, and he's got an ERA in of 1.59. So most recently against the Marlins, Marquez has actually done pretty well. How about Miami? Who are they throwing out there? Edward Cabrera. Who? Yeah, you're not going to know him. Uh, they pulled him up from AAA. Now, last year, he did get a, a few games of action with the Marlins. He did have trouble, though. He had a 5.81 ERA, 0-3, 1.63 whip, 26 innings pitched, and a 5.31 Sierra. In AAA this year, the number's still not really that impressive. 1-2, 4.56 ERA, 3.38 FIP, and a 1.35 WHIP. Like, that's fine, but you would just hope a guy in AAA who you're bringing up would be doing a lot better. Tough environment and setting to throw him in for his first start in the big leagues this year. Coors Field, that is. Against a Rockies team that thrives at home, their second in batting average versus righties, 276. Third in OPS versus righties at home, 784. Third in Babbitt, 318. Third in Woba, 344. 22nd, though, this is a weird discrepancy, in WRC Plus at 95. Now, believe it or not, they're even hitting lefties a lot better at home, but if you're at Coors Field, it really doesn't matter for the Rockies because they love batting there. Who doesn't? No pitcher, or excuse me, no experience for this young pitcher in Cabrera. Again, tough setting. But and again, like going over those numbers, you'd be like, all right, give me the Rockies. Let me bet them. And I'm not saying he shouldn't, but we got to consider how Miami has done, right? Versus righties, they actually are a viable squad, right? This is their good situation they've been hitting in, verse righties. 250 average versus righties, 6, 733 OPS, 5th best, 297 BABIP, 7th best, 324 Woba, 5th best, and 112 WRC+, which is 6th best. So again, Miami has thrived against righties. But still, can you trust their starter, Edward Cabrera? How deep is he going to go? And how soon are you going to get into the Marlins' bullpen? Well, Speaking of bullpens, Miami does have a serviceable bullpen. ERA of 3.59 and a whip of 1.29. I'm having trepidation with the Rockies' money line full game because of their bullpen. Folks, it's the worst in Major League Baseball. They got an ERA of 5.04 and a whip of 1.44. So how the hell can he trust this team? Can you trust them going late in this game? If they have the lead going into like the 8th or the ninth, who's to say they won't blow it? You're going to have to sweat out 9 innings at Coors Field with this Rockies bullpen if you go full game. But at the same time, Marquez has not been that reliable himself so he could absolutely be prone to giving up like four runs and then maybe the rockies only tack on three and if you do first five money line you know you're trailing but then they could come back because it is Coors field and they still are a good hitting team at home and they come back and win full game. like there's just so many scenarios here that of course could happen so i'm like pondering do i go full game with the rockies or do i go first five money line This seems like it could be a bounce back spot for Marquez and Cabrera. Again, you know, you're not going to trust him per se. And I don't trust the Rockies bullpen. So you would think all those indications would lead to going first five money line with the Rockies. Now, the best number for the first five money line in Illinois on Colorado. Yeah, different state. So on the Rockies in Illinois, minus 120 is the best first five money line number on the Rockies. If you want full game, I mean, at Bet Rivers are minus one twenty nine. You could probably get them like minus one twenty five, minus one twenty two, somewhere around there. But again, you know, can we trust this team in the first five? Well, let's look a little bit more at the numbers. So the Marlins. Uh, let me just fix something here really quick. I had to make sure I separated all the numbers here. Okay, so the Marlins, they are averaging one point nine one. Runs per first five innings, that's 26, not great. On the road, they are averaging 1.46, which is second last in Major League Baseball. Again, you put a little asterisk there because you're playing at Coors Field. The Rockies' first five numbers. They ranked ninth in runs per first five innings, 2.65 overall, and 3.4 at home, which is fourth best. Advantage Colorado, you would think. Pitching matchup, I give the slight advantage to Colorado. So as of this moment, I do think my bet, my top one, would be first five money line with the Rockies. But I certainly wouldn't tell anyone to go off the full game. I would just be, well, be cognizant of the fact that Colorado has the worst bullpen statistically, right? But you also kind of want the full game and in case that they do trail... Going into like the 6 and beyond because it's cool, so you could expect more runs. But hey, the weather is blown in. Colder days, so maybe you don't need the full game. Maybe you just need the first 5. So I guess as of this point, count me in for the Rockies' first 5 money line, minus 120. With a very strong lean to them on the full game. But right now, probably looking at Colorado first 5 money line and the Blue Jays' money line for the full game, minus 164. That's what I'm going to rock with in baseball. Again, appreciate anything if you got more insight for this Rockies and Marlins game. I mean, look, that's just, again, what makes me timid is, you know, having to trust this Rockies bullpen. And we have issues trusting these bullpens in general. And I feel like maybe like four or five years ago, I really, it's not that I didn't look into the bullpen stats, but I didn't, Hold it as accountable as much in handicapping as I do nowadays. Because you can't trust a lot of these bullpens. It's gotten a little bit better since the past couple of years. But, I mean, it's one thing to have. Like, if they were a middle of the pack bullpen, so be it. But dead last, like their ERA is 5.04. That is a big red flag. Now, they held on yesterday with their bullpen because they were actually down 1-0 going into the sixth, so they would have lost your first five bet. But then their bats came alive. Toward the latter half of that game, so that was that's kind of my fear in just doing the first five money line. But you can't assume the same thing is going to be replicated today. And again, it's a unique spot to fade the Marlins because of Edward Cabrera and the unknown. And th- like if he was going in any other situation, yeah, maybe he could have a good start. But throwing him to, into Coors against this Rockies team that is hungry at home, yeah, I think I uh, think I got to go with the small lean. To the full game with the Rockies, but the full bet in the first five. Hopefully Marquez can get out of that first inning at least. That's just just get us a little bit of leverage there, buddy. Let's have a vintage start. Look like the all-star you were last year. Quick break here on the Chicago City cast. Speaking of Colorado, their hockey team's got a game tonight. The Avalanche taking on the Oilers. Game one price, series price, and we'll look at the Lightning and the Rangers. Stick around, more postseason hockey with the Stanley Cup playoffs coming next. Danny Burke, your host. It is the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into BetRivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same-game parlay. You decide. Log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed. By calling 1-800-GAMBLER, that's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, time to talk some Stanley Cup postseason action. We've got the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. Who the hell are we trusting at this point? Well, let's begin with the Oilers and the Avalanche. Before we get into Game 1, let me just go over the series prices. Now, these aren't necessarily the best prices you can get, but I'm not fully in love with a singular bet, so I haven't done the searching, the proper search, on whichever one I would have the strongest lean to. So these are going to be the current numbers at BetRivers. So the series price for the Avalanche is minus 250. Seems pretty egregious, right? Edmonton is plus 210 would only bet Edmonton would only bet Edmonton but I'm not going to I'm just saying if I had to that's what I would do look just the overall thought process of this series and no I don't like trusting Mike Smith and I don't like trusting this Oilers team and yeah the recency bias is factoring in a tad bit because you got to remember how they barely beat the Kings and how volatile they were during the regular season I get it I get it And Colorado did struggle a little bit against the Blues, but man, my MO on, on Darcy Kemper is kind of the reason that I don't, I've never been infatuated with Colorado. I mean, granted the odds were always the shortest, but furthermore, it's just Darcy Kemper to me is in slightly above average goalie, and the reason he has constant success in the win loss column is because of how studly the re- the rest of his team is. Right? I mean, the Avalanche are loaded. We know this, but if you really look at like his like goals against average and save percentage, it's not going to blow you away. It's not. If you put him on an average team, heck, if you put him on the Rangers or even the Oilers. Again, I think it would be a lot worse. So that's the reason that I don't like trusting Colorado that much. And again, I'm not saying I'm trusting Mike Smith. I don't trust either. But of course, you give the, the slight advantage to Colorado, no doubt. But Edmonton does have the lethal attackers offensively to compete in any game and in any series. And that was put on display against the Flames. Now, again, minus 250 Colorado, plus 210 Edmonton. What about the series spread outcome? If you want to take two games and a half with Edmonton, it's minus 215. If you want to lay two and a half games with the Avalanche, meaning they sweep or win in five, it's plus 170. If you want to go with the Avalanche minus one and a half, meaning they can win in four, five, or six, it's minus 132. If you want to take the Oilers plus one and a half, The price is plus 105, that meaning they have to win the series or lose in seven games. I don't like taking the game and a half. I would only lay it. Never take the game and a half, in my opinion. I mean, it's plus 105. Like, at that point, you almost should just bet, like, over six and a half games at plus 260, unless you think Edmonton has a chance to win the series if it doesn't go to seven games, but I don't know. I would take that better value or... The Avalanche to win in seven or the Oilers to win in seven at plus 750. Avalanche to win in seven plus four. Like, there are better ways to do it. So I would stay away from the plus one and a half. Because it only gives you one game of breathing room, assuming the Avalanche win. Now, the Oilers minus one and a half is plus 360. The Avalanche plus one and a half is minus 560. The Avalanche minus, or excuse me, the Avalanche plus two and a half is minus 2000. The Oilers minus two and a half games is eight to one. Total games played in the series, over 4.5 minus 625. Under 4.5, if you think it's going to be a sweep, plus 400. Under 5.5 is plus 106. Over 5.5 is minus 132. Over 6.5 games plus 260. At Bat Rivers, and under 6.5 games played in the series is at the price of minus 360. Exact outcome. Going to rifle them off here, so pay attention. Uh, Avalanche to sweep plus 5.25. Avalanche to win in five, plus 325. Avalanche to win in six, four to one. Avalanche to win in seven, plus 450. So the odds are telling you the best chance that they believe it's what's going to come to fruition is the Avalanche winning in five. The Oilers to sweep is 25 to one. The Oilers to win in five is 12 to one. The Oilers to win in six is plus 750. And the Oilers to win in seven is plus 750 as well. Out of all those, which ones are sticking out to you? Well, what do you think is going to happen in this series? My first thought is kind of, I want to go, you know, who do I think wins and, you know, how many games would I guess? And then I'll correlate that, of course, with the total games played and all those prices. But I'm looking at this and what I just said, no, I don't really trust either goalie. Yes, Kemper should be better than Mike Smith. Yes, the home crowd advantage is great for Colorado. But at the same time, the Blues were able to take advantage of it to a certain extent. The Avalanche, they have all this pressure and hype around them. Are they going to amount to the pressure? I mean, like, I just don't have the best read on this Colorado team. And no way in hell do I with Edmonton. But Edmonton, the underdog, you have that nothing to lose mentality. That's what they had against the Flames, especially after game one. With a better goalie in Markstrom than Darcy Kemper, in my opinion, even though he played like the worst goalie in hockey. I would probably look at it like Colorado in six seems like the easiest choice to make a guess on, but I kind of want to root for Edmonton almost because again, the Avalanche are on my bad list, you know, but in all seriousness, objectively, Edmonton could win this series and I don't think it'd shock anyone. Well, maybe it'd shock Avalanche fans, but I think if based on what you've seen from the Oilers and the talent you know they possess, I don't think it would shock that many people. But the bet that I think would make most sense is over five and a half games played in this series. It's minus 132, which isn't that attractive. And again, you know, search around, see if you get a better number. But I think this one goes to six, regardless of who has the lead. I mean, if Edmonton can snag one game at Colorado, I feel great about that bet. But here's also the thing, if you don't want to lay minus 132, is there a better chance to wait and get that better number? Because for game one, now we can get into that, Colorado open minus 185, Edmonton plus 150, total open six and a half, the total's up to seven, under minus 132, over plus 112, Colorado's now minus 190 on the money line. Edmonton plus 160. The Avalanche plus 120 on the puck line. And if you want to take a puck and a hook with Edmonton, it's minus a buck 43. So what I'm getting to is who do you think is going to win game one? Do you think it's going to be the Avalanche? If so, then maybe you hold off on over five and a half. Because if the Avalanche win game one, that means since they're already the favorite the chances of them sweeping or winning in five increase. Meaning you'll get a better price, probably even money or better on over five and a half games. So again, figure that out, which one you think is going to happen. But if you're like, I don't know, I see it 50-50. Edmonton could win this game one. Then you could pull trigger now if you don't mind laying it. But if you want a better price, and if you think the Avalanche have the advantage in game one, then wait. Then wait. But again, Configure it in your mind and envision what you think the most probable outcome and path in this series is and correlate that to where you could get a better price now or if you have some patience. I'm not going to touch anything for this game one. (laughs) I'm just going to study, observe, and hopefully learn something. And I don't know if I'm going to play the over 5.5 right now, but to tell you the truth, I'll probably wait. Because, yeah, I mean, Colorado probably does win this game. I don't know if it's going to be pretty, but I think they could win it. And if you get over six and a half, folks, yeah, I mean, how are you betting the under in this series? Fading the public, I guess, at that point. But, man, this series should feature a lot of offense. All right, let's go to the other series, one that could be on the contrast, meaning a lot of defense, Tampa Bay and New York. Tampa Bay's been off for, what, like two weeks at this point? Jeez. Rest vs. Russ, what the hell are you going to get? Who knows? Let's look at the series price. Tampa Bay, minus 182. Finally getting that respect. Like we said, that would have been a favorite regardless of who it was. The Rangers, plus 155. We talked about this with basketball, but the Rangers is coming off back-to-back tough series. But the Game 7 against Carolina, grueling series. Then they have to play on Wednesday. Don't, don't hate the idea of Tampa Bay in Game 1. They're up to minus 129. They open minus 125. By the way, totals five and a half. A little bit of shade to the under, minus one thirteen. Rangers are plus one ten. Puck line for Tampa Bay is two to one, but Shosturkin has been great at home. Vasilevsky throughout the postseason has played like his old version of himself from the Stanley Cup runs, the most recent back to back. So Vasilevsky is in his true form. Tampa Bay's in their true form. They are ready to threepeat. It appears. And I think they, well, I don't know if I'd say I think they do, but I think they get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't want to lay minus 182 on the series price, though. So what if the Rangers get one game? Then you'll get a lot better price. Now, the spread series outcome. I'm not going to go with the, well, I guess I'll rifle through it. All right, Tampa Bay plus two and a half games minus 1,000. Tampa Bay plus one and a half games is minus $4. Tampa Bay minus one and a half games, meaning four, five, or six, they win it in, minus 110. Tampa Bay minus two and a half is plus 220. Rangers minus two and a half plus 550. Rangers minus a game and a half plus 280. Rangers catching a game and a half minus 115. And the Rangers catching two and a half games minus 295. Total games played in this series over five and a half. Minus 152, under 5.5 plus 120, over 6.5 plus 240, under 6.5 minus 335, over 4.5 minus 770, under five or 4.5 plus 450. I think the Lightning win, and I don't, I mean, but I had this conviction with the Hurricanes, more than I did with the Flames, even though we still bet the Flames, but I, I honestly think Tampa Bay minus 1.5 is the move. I wouldn't even hate doing two and a half because I just still don't trust this freaking Rangers team. But here's the thing. Shesterkin is good enough. Like people have been saying, no, I get it. Hot goalie understood that he can carry them close enough. But Vasilevsky is better than Ranta. There is no comparison. It's night and day. Tampa Bay can win on the road. The Hurricanes couldn't. It is night and day. Yet the Rangers still barely got by who they play? The Penguins in the first round? The Rangers? They barely got by that. I don't even know how they got by their... Just Ronta was terrible. I mean, their power play was atrocious. Tampa Bay is a better disciplined team. They are organized. They are dominant. They had that experience. All the opposite of what Carolina showed you throughout this past series. Tampa Bay minus 1.5 seems like the correct call. Under 5.5 games plus 120? Huh? Interesting. Or Tampa Bay to win in 5, plus 425. That would be my choice. Tampa Bay to sweep, plus 650. Tampa Bay to win in 6, plus 370. Tampa Bay to win in 7, plus 525. New York to win in 7, plus 575. New York to win in 6, plus 750. New York to win in 5, plus 850. And the Rangers to sweep, 19-1. to Now... I don't know if you want to subscribe to the just-played-game-seven, you know, bet against them in Game 1 theory like we did for the NBA, because Tampa Bay is on the road, and again, Shisterkin, completely different animal at home this postseason. And we saw what happened to Tampa Bay Game 1 against the Maple Leafs. I know it's different, but still. I might end up betting... I mean, I'll search to see what the best series price is. Like, if it was... In the minus 160s, I would bet Tampa Bay on the series price if I can get that number. So if you find it, I would take that. If not, and you don't want to lay that much, then it's got to be the minus one and a half games, right? That seems like a plausible way to bet this. Seeing minus 180 in another spot. Uh, Even money you can get in another book. So yeah, of course, make sure you shop around. I'm just kind of browsing right now to see. But again, this Lightning team has done nothing but prove that they are here to compete again, and then they can absolutely win a third consecutive Stanley Cup championship. Looking around, seeing if there's other better numbers. Let me find it. Sorry for stalling. Their high is minus 190 in another book. Plus 102 for the game and a half in another book. It's interesting. Oh, and look at this. So plus 110, this is the highest. So you can get the Lightning minus a game and a half at plus 110. That is the best number out there in Illinois. I might have to pull the trigger on that. I know we haven't had success with our minus one and a half series spread bets, both in the NBA and NHL. We're just getting screwed right when we get there to game six. But, I mean, I'm sorry, and I'm I'm beating a dead horse. I just don't think the Rangers are legit. By the way, minus 175. That's the best series price I'm seeing out there Um, in terms of the Lightning. That's not terrible. If you think they can at least get one game in New York, I don't know you'll get a better number, but the Lightning, they're the better team, guys. They actually have a goalie that can compete with Shuster. Ranta couldn't on the road. He couldn't in game seven when it mattered, and it looked like it happened in the sense of him getting pulled. Did mess with his psyche like I talked about. I don't have a thought for the total games. I mean, again, I'd you know i flirt with under 5.5, but I don't really like that. I would just do the Lightning exact bet for them to win in 5 or the minus 2.5, right? Because that's just a better price at that point. So I would do the Lightning minus 2.5 games at plus 220 as opposed to under 5.5 at plus 120 because if it stays under 5.5 games, to me, it's going to be the Lightning winning in a sweep or in 5 games. And you can do the Lightning to sweep at plus 650 or the Lightning to win in five at plus 425. So you could do both of those bets simultaneously or just do the one minus two and a half at plus 220. Again, I'm not doing those. I'm going to do the safer route and probably do the Lightning minus one and a half on the series spread plus 110. Game one, I would lean Lightning. Game ones are tricky, though. They are very tricky. And if they do win game one, obviously this price will alter and you won't get as good of a number. But that's how I'm looking for the Stanley Cup postseason tonight and tomorrow and for both of those series. Again, hit me up. Let me know what you're playing. We could sweat it out together. dburk at veason.com or Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. That'll do it. That's going to wrap it up for us for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Make sure you check out Rush Hour for more content, more perspectives from different guests, more bets, more coverage all around all at vision.com, the marquee sports network, fubo, sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you get your podcast, just like how you're listening to this bad boy. But thanks again, folks. Best of luck with your plays. Enjoy the games tonight. We will be back on Thursday, so until then, Take care.